Hi there, and welcome to Grief is My Superpower. I'm Mark Lemon, award-winning children's author, bereavement ambassador, and your host for this podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing incredible people that get open and honest about their own experience with grief. When I was 12 years old, my dad was murdered, and my life changed forever. I try to explore with my guests if it's possible to live a happy and fulfilled life after the death of a loved one. You can find me as the dad author on Instagram and at the Lemon Drop Books website. For this episode, I've travelled to East London to speak with print artist Annie Nicholson, aka Fandango Kid. Annie speaks to me about the death of her family and how it shaped her outlook on life. You can find Annie on Instagram as Fandango Kid. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment wherever you are listening to this podcast. By doing this, it will help us to reach more people in need of support at a tough time. This podcast is in support of children's bereavement charity, Winston's Wish. Okay, so today, as my introduction said, I am with the lovely Annie Nicholson in East London. East London, yeah. East London. So, hello, Annie. Hello, hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good, thank you. So, thank you very much for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for having me. And agreeing to uh, talk to me today. It's not not an easy subject, as all of our interviews will be. Um, They're all raw, they're all honest, and I know that you've got your own story, but could you give the listeners just a bit of background about yourself and, and who you are? Yeah, um, I am a visual artist. Um, my artist kind of name is the Fandango Kid. I do a lot of work around grief and traumatic loss, particularly and mental health associated um, subject, you know, subjects. I um, my, a lot of my work is driven by a huge amount of loss of family back in two thousand. Well, from two thousand and eleven to kind of. 2016 okay yeah and I guess that kind of leads me naturally into the next question of what what is your own experience with grief could you share with the listeners yeah um so I when I was in my kind of mid late 20s I um experienced the loss of almost all of my family uh in an accident um in New York it was my sister's 40th birthday and um there was there was a there was an accident in the East River and um, it killed pretty much all of my family one by one over a period of about five weeks. Um, within that accident, my my dad was the only survivor of my family in that accident, um, and he then died. He had terminal cancer, so there's this sort of so he already had that um, that he'd been struggling with for years. Um, and then he then passed away five years after that accident. Um, so it has been a long road of grief and loss and traumatic loss, particularly. Yeah. In a very short space of time. Yeah. Yeah. Not really knowing who to grieve for first, actually, um, because the sort of obvious response you know in terms of who to turn to would have been the people who were also lost within this accident so it was just a total period of kind of renewal and um 
yeah just a total re you know beginning again you know beginning again from scratch sure yeah um and that sounds hugely traumatic and in terms of like the detail in terms of what happened with that was it so you mentioned i guess one by one they seemed you know everyone seemed to pass away was it were there any other people involved in terms of the accident or you know if you're only if you're happy to share yeah so it was it was a crash in the east river um it was so something that none of us would never really normally be interested in but it was sonia's 40th and they took this helicopter ride um around the city and it just um there was a there was a problem with it and it just um nosedived into the east river and it killed my sister instantly. Um, and then her partner and my mum died over the course of the next five weeks. And my dad was in the front. So my, my dad didn't, my dad sort of got out uns, fairly unscathed and was in, it was just, you know, continually diving down to try and get them, um, you know, just until until he had to be until they removed him from the water because he was just desperately trying to get them um yeah so you know my my mum was in a coma and actually she um recovered she came through everything so she totally recovered um and I only left New York because I was told that she would be coming back we'd already lost my sister's girlfriend um but she there was some kind of problem with breathing one night that was sort of left unattended and uh, and she died accidentally so were you in new york at the time were you also sort of there I was, or were you yeah. i was there um throughout those five weeks because it was really hard to know what whether to leave or go and i only did leave you know because my mum had fully recovered and she told me to you know she told me to 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 kind of go back to London and you know it was such a sort of suspended state for such a long period of time and um and you know the the epitome of a roller coaster of trauma um where your body is doing all the work to keep you alive I think because I think you it's amazing it's really it's you know it's such a kind of um in some ways really life affirming you know because I think I look back and I'm like I don't know how I did it but it's so amazing this what the body can do what the body does for the mind I think the body will allow the mind to only kind of experience certain amounts of trauma at a certain amount of time you know throughout a period of time and I you know the body really regulates the mind and so it was a real act of incredible understanding of survival during that time. So you had to process things in a sense one by one maybe or, you know, it was all at once. I think it's just, yeah, you'd, I mean, I didn't know who to grieve for first. Um, I, I'm still unraveling it in many ways. I'm still kind of untangling that. And what I can say, you know, there's, there's clearly, you know, so much sort of physical trauma as well. And like this feeling of a heart shattering, you know, which which I which I felt really physically and a lot of physical pain associated with trauma. Um, but one thing that I have never felt is that I've never felt alone in this whole thing, which is probably really hard to contemplate. But I've, I've always felt I don't believe in God, but I've always felt a real strong connection to 
my ancestry and to having been loved and that's just that's real that's been a real buoyant a, a, a kind of source of buoyancy the mm. whole time mm. yeah that's funny you say that because i kind of felt a similar thing or i have done since my dad was murdered yeah you do have that sense of there's something else there supporting you you know whether you believe it or not you mm. know and maybe it's only when you've gone through such a traumatic trauma that you kind of have that sense of feeling like that I don't know I d yeah I don't know either you know we had a uh, when my when my sister's partner was dying because she died you know about 10 days after my sister my sister died instantly and she comes from a Maori family and I was invited into the hospital room um, when they turned all the machines off to actually be there to kind of have this celebration of life it was like a sort of seven hour process of watching a body leave watching a soul leave a body um and so and i it was one of the most intense experiences of my whole life um even given everything and i remember really seeing a change of tone in the room like feeling a, a change of uh, a sort of a spiritual change like a shift of weight or something when a soul when when a body you know is just kind of dead you know so there is I really believe in this kind of presence of I guess of love you know and yeah spirits after going through that huge traumatic experience um have you found any useful like coping techniques or I mean you're obviously a very creative person you know for any for the listeners I'm in this wonderful flat and it's you know you can <laughs> see all your artwork and it looks brilliant and have you found that a very useful tool through the grieving process yeah it's it's more than a tool actually it's kind of it's a sort of life sort of source it's really really essential to me to be working creatively every day um and it really balances my um my feelings around grief to this day I mean that said it's not something that you know I think I was making for a long time after the accident happened, after the trauma, just for myself. I wasn't really able to show that to the world for a good few years. And I think, um, you know, but I still think that's an outlet. Um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to kind of necessarily show it to the world. Um, but eventually I did. And, um, and the other things, you know, are just, I think, daily rituals that have been really helpful um, that have taken a long time to kind of figure out what works best. But things like running, you know, are really essential to, to that sort of mental health balance um, because it just kind of creates a distance from, I think, movement and exercise and dancing as well. It creates a distance from this sort of the ever-present feeling of grief, you know, which I think is probably always there, but it just creates a kind of nicer bond with it I think and you can just separate a little bit from the weightiness of it and it's like a sieve I feel like movement is like a sieve you know it's like sieves through um the weightiness it also might come into that whole mindfulness element yes, you know of just yes. being focused on one thing you know like people say about yoga and things like that. you focus on the breathing and yeah. that one thing, you know, especially if you're running, maybe. And the momentary kind of, you know, the the, the present, you know, thinking about what is okay in the present, mm. um, as opposed to kind of always thinking about that your how you feel in relation to your to your grief, which of course is always always there to some degree. Yeah, have you have you found the grief has 
you know, like the old analogy of waves coming in and then crashing. And initially, it was you know crashing of waves against your feet. But have you do you find it goes and comes back again, or is it a constant sort of? I think it ebbs and flows. Um, I think you know one thing I have learnt is that it has its own tide and it has its own rhythm, and I think it um, it will do what it wants almost with or without you. So if you know trying to have too tight a rein on it it's natural that you want to because it can be unbearable sometimes and totally debilitating but I do think you kind of have to you know try and live through that era of it being debilitating where you you can't you know really go out very easily you know like it does it will do that but I but you know I think as time goes on I I really try to control it less and less, you know, and in doing that and sort of almost, I read this amazing book um, from Jeanette Winterson, Why Be Normal When You Could Be Something Else. Or, I don't know, it's this, some title like this, incredible. And one of the things she says about grief and trauma is, you know, just to kind of hold its hand and to make friends with it and stop demonizing it. And, and you know, because when you're demonizing it, you're always in fear of it coming at any time, like this big, not even like a wave, like a tsunami, you know, it's kind of, it will just wash you under. But I think when you, um, when you do just sort of hold its hand and let it in, it is, I found that approach much, much more calming because it's inevitable. It's going to come anyway. Yes. I guess it's like anything, isn't it? Mental health. What, the more you talk about something, sometimes or recognize it, the less it's that demon in the room mm. or that elephant in the room, whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, I find that quite quite useful. The more I sort of talk or write or, you know, speak about it, it kind of, yeah, it sort of, it brings it out. But then I'm more able to recognize it. I'm just wondering if, you know, say with young children listening at the moment, if there's something they can do to, to you know, because the, essentially there's lots that schools could do and I think we're still a big taboo in the UK, I feel, you know, as in talking about grief. Mm. Do you think there's anything that maybe schools or we could be better at in the UK specifically with talking about it with bereavement? And I think, you know, just I think in general, you know, with, with schools and education, I think, you know, smashing taboos, you know, is, is really important around a number of subject matters. But I think, you know, really tackling mental health, um, you know, sort of keeping that as an open, creating an open platform for dialogue is, you know, really essential. And I think, you know, trauma and bereavement are, you know, definitely a part of that. And they're a part of it for every single person. It's just unfortunate that some young people have to experience it sooner, you know, rather than rather than later. But it is something that affects everybody. And the sooner we all start to get our you know heads around it the better it is for our whole society because we at some point every single one of us will need an outlet to communicate it you know and I think for young people I you know um I remember you know experiencing this as a young woman but you know if I had experienced it as a a teenager or a very young person you know there I you know I think back then there were just no outlets for you know for for kind of any kind of comfort or support definitely not amongst your peer group but also not you know really much amongst sort of people who I looked up to back then you know so I think keeping this open platform and you know this sort of 
you know removing this sort of the fear of the around the taboo and actually just saying what everyone else is actually thinking you know so but I think for young people particularly having you know a a sort of mentoring environment or a support system which is which is constant um you know that you can go into go to on any given day like we're saying grief you know has so many ebbs and flows you don't know when you're going to feel it could be great one day and you kind of almost wonder what was happening the day before and then the next day can be down you need someone constant and you know consistent and I think you know consistent a consistent sort of source of love and support is just the thing that's it that's that's the thing you know for everyone I completely agree were there any things after all of that, the trauma that you went through that I guess really helped you initially, you know? Um, initially? Yeah, well, I, it's that thing, isn't it? It's I guess when you've gone through something like that, you know, it takes time, you find things that work for you or you just let it flow in terms of your grief, you know, but... Yeah, I think I sort of really, I really tried to sort of control it in the first few years, but I do remember, I mean, I, mean, I think... Actually, you know, the most simple thing is just a lot of sleep. I remember being really excited to go to sleep at night because I was just, my brain was so tired because I think we, you know, you're trying to make sense of what's happened and you're trying, you know, the human brain wants to rationalize a death, but we can't, you know, we just can't, we can't do that. We're not able, you know, we, we don't understand fully what it is to be dead because we're alive you know we just so you know we're constantly trying to rationalize um so sleep is really important and I think just this real kind of if you can really try and brew this self-care you know of like it's okay to you know to to really let it unfold you know if if you bottle it up you know it will come out down the road you know 10 years later or something so just I would just try and let out as much as you possibly can um you know of the raw stuff I think that's why sometimes people say that grief isn't mental health but it can lead on to struggles with mental health in the future if like you say you bottle it up absolutely and and I think that's why you know, it's a great message for kids, isn't it? In terms of going through this, you know, go through a loss or a trauma or bereavement at an early age is to feel open enough to talk about it to somebody that you trust, you know. Absolutely. And I think, you know, also remembering, and I this is said a lot, but I really do stand by it, you know, that grief is, the grief that you feel is a measure of how much you, you've loved that person that, that has left you. I mean, and I don't mean left you as in abandoned you, but left, you know, this earth. And I, and I think it is a, a measure of, of that love. And I think as much as that is heartbreaking and so painful, um, you know, the, trying to sort of hold on to the love is really important. I think that, that leads quite nicely onto, you know, the, the, the title for this podcast is grief is my superpower Mm. you know and some people might take that in terms of well how could it be a superpower but in terms of someone and you know yourself who've gone through huge trauma once you've gone through such pain you know I found that using that to enhance as looking at the good in life and living every day trying to live every day as it comes and you know just loving your family and your friends I think that is your superpower because you have you you've been given this gift 
of knowing that it could be taken away so soon. Mm. Do you, you know, what is it? Have you taken positives from, perhaps positives from the trauma that you've experienced, do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a real heavy irony in it for me because I, um, I, you know, I there is a real understanding of what it is to be happy. I think there was, I had a sort of, complacency before probably like many people in the world do and I and you know I can very much hand on heart sort of say that it, it sharpens your your radar for, for you know for, for in terms of you know everyone that you surround yourself with it really sharpens that radar so you know you 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 don't waste time you know and you do all connections made and and sustained are ones that are strong and, and wonderful and incredible and it just really it's almost like this sort of this sharpened glow on the world you know like whereas before it was kind of nuanced and it was quite sort of grainy I would sort of describe it as like this you know everything is in technicolor now it's like I was about know. to say because <laughs> talking about your work and and there's so much color in it you know do you think that might come from, like you just said, the sort of technicolored view of grief? And I don't know. Some people do talk about when they see grief, it's it comes in colors, and you know. I yeah, know. I mean, there's definitely a sort of a seizing of moments, you know, and and I think I have, I do find myself, I do, I think I would describe other people who have, who have experienced grief you know it's it is a very it's a sort of special little grief family of its own you know there's a lot of incredible gem people who have experienced grief because they you know they've gone through life with you know and they've experienced something terrible and their back has been against the wall and they you know come out of it as extraordinary human beings and i think you know you can you can spot them if you are one of them you can spot them in the world and you know so it is like you say it is a superpower and it is a you know it's something that's actually you know it's it's if you you know if you sort of when you when you come out of it there's a power and a strength that you have that most people never have to dig deep enough to find Mm. you know they never have to and I used to be envious of the fact that they never had to but actually you know I sort of I, I sort of really own that power now and, and really, and I don't mean power in it, I just, it's like a strength. Yeah. You know? And I think that's, you know, for anyone listening that's maybe just suffered a bereavement or, you know, even if it's like a year ago, whatever, you know, I think that's a great message to give to that person is that you will go through this terrible dark time, but there is that light at the end of the tunnel eventually. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, the grief doesn't go. It always stays and it flows in and out, like you said before. Mm. Um, but there is an element of hope that can come from it. It's absolutely hope, you know. And I think, um, you know, that absolutely. I think, you know, if you if you sort of have people around you who provide other sources of love, you know, and and you know the it's not really worth trying to compare the love that you've lost with the love of the present. It's just not worth it because it only leads to more pain, I think. But, you know, if you have other sources of love, which inevitably people, you know, do to sort of get you through these years of of unpacking trauma, you know, you will be okay. There's nothing extraordinary about me and I've lost pretty much all everything that I come from. The only thing that has got me to where I am is people who are, are alive who love me. I was going to say, I mean, 
I'm sure a lot of people would be thinking, how, <laughs> what drives you to still be here, sat here, talking to me? You know, you're, you're living a, from what I can see, a positive life. And, you know, so th there is that inner strength. There must be that strong inner strength within you to keep going, you know. Is, is it just something that's naturally there now or you just have no choice, you know? Well, there's no choice. That's, that's one thing. But I think you also don't really know what your sort of the depths of your strength until you're sort of really pushed to see what they mm. are. And then I think, you know, it's a grief is like a huge process of 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 self-learning and emotional sort of deepening of emotional intelligence and it's actually an incredible journey if you'd sort of choose to take it that way it's an incredible sort of un, like you have such a sort of deep understanding of of humanity because you have to go deep if you know if you're going to really process it you know but there is such a thing i mean i really stand by the fact that the only way out is through you know that's i yeah. really sort yeah. of stand by that in all senses you know. no, I totally agree with that. Um, one question, if you if you had three things that make you smile about the people that have died, and obviously for you it's, you know, uh, obviously each bereavement is different, but for yours obviously it was a, a number of people, mm. you know. If you had some some thoughts about those people that make you smile, would you be able to share with our listeners about, you know, those sort of positive moments, you know, whether it's, yeah, there's, I think when I think of them, you know, I remember we were quite a big family, broad family, and I remember walking into places and, you know, as a, as when we were all together and there was such a strong feeling of like, I was so proud to be with them and you always had that feeling of like, it was just, you know, really flamboyant and really eccentric and just this real kind of, yeah really proud to kind of come from that and you know I know what I come from really strongly and you know it only makes my kind of understanding of the world all the all the bolder and the legacy that I want to leave it's not just mine it's also you know on on their behalf so that's a really lovely way to think of your ancestry yeah yeah no, that's lovely and also and it's quite a hard one if you had to sit down at a table like we are now and have a chat with them for one final time do you think there'd be anything specifically that you might say you know and like i said before you know there's not just the one there's a few hey they could be all sat at this table now around us in this <laughs> circle you know i mean it's you never know but do you think there's anything do you ever think about that yeah i, think I know i do I with my dad it. yes yeah all the time um i think i would actually say you know particularly to my mum who worried about me a lot you know just that i'm you know I'm like I'm okay you know don't you know please don't worry about me I'll be I'm I'm meant to be here you know there's you know I was very very nearly in that accident and and nearly you know very nearly there and I wasn't I meant I'm obviously meant to be here and um I'm, I'm okay and you know I wish that I could have we could have grown older together and I could have repaid her for a lot of the stuff she did for me and likewise with all of them but I am okay exactly yeah we're all okay we're still here yeah and that's that's a really nice message to everybody i think um so that was a quick half an hour but thank you so much for, <laughs> thank for you. being a part of this and thank you. you know I'm, I'm sure 
by you sharing your experience with others it's going to help those listening and whether it's young people children adults um, so thank you very much Annie thank you so much thanks